Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and our listeners. Would you ever consider moving thousands of miles for the primary purpose of living in a committed and passionate Catholic community? Of course, people move all the time for jobs and other reasons, but to make the pursuit of a Catholic environment the main reason for a major move seems a bit unconventional. Today, we are going to talk about the unconventional with someone who is seeing just this sort of thing happen and who is, in fact, helping it to happen. My guest is Thomas Curtin, headmaster of Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic School in Greenville, South Carolina. Tommy joined me on a previous episode to talk about his work of building this particular Catholic school from the ground up, expanding from an elementary school to a K-12 institution that is modeled more on the family than on the university. I am happy to welcome him back to talk about some of the fruits of the kind of school he, his pastor, and the parishioners at Our Lady of the Rosary have been building, specifically in terms of the Catholic families from all over the country who are moving to join their community. I'm Leonard DiLorenzo. This is Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life and Spoke Street Media Network. I'm glad you're here. Tommy Curtin, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Lenny. Good to be here. Tommy, relocatio. Few people have heard this word because basically you made it up. You coined this term. So I think it's true to say, though, that you didn't create the phenomenon or the movement that you're recognizing, that you're using this term to describe. So tell us what you're seeing and basically what this term means. Absolutely. So relocatio, uh, you pronounced it correctly. Uh, thank you. It is, uh, it is a word I made up because <laughs> I, I was being encountered again and again by a, a particular phenomenon, a set of circumstances that required a long time to describe if I wanted to talk to someone about it. So I, I created a word that I could use as a substitute for that long description. I mean, that's really how language evolves anyway. It's, you know, it's like we, we're trying to describe this thing. And at the end of the day, we settle on a word like toaster. And now we don't have to say that, that thing you put bread in and then it comes out crispy. But the Germans um, actually just say the thing you put bread in and turn out, that's the German word. We just it, say it toaster. And, and that's why everyone should be glad the Germans didn't get their hands on this phenomenon. <laughs> but but le- we've, we've held our audience in suspense long enough. So relocatio basically is a word that is supposed to sound like Latin. And that's because of the uh, kind of the Catholic connotations of the word. Here's what I was seeing at my school. And I'm, I'm the principal of Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic School in Greenville, South Carolina in my fourth year. And this year, for the first time, we are having an influx of families coming from all over the country. They are coming for their own reasons, but there are certain similarities in their stories as you talk to one family after another. We'll go, I think, farther into the particulars of their their situations. But I was seeing this happen enough, and I was trying to talk about it within my community and with my pastor, that I, I felt like we needed a word. And so I settled on relocatio. It's obviously, it's like relocation, except a kind of a latin version of it. <laughs> right. And that word now stands for the act of relocating your family a great distance, perhaps at significant cost and inconvenience for the sake of participating in authentic Catholic culture. 
So you're moving your family because, well, it wasn't a job. It wasn't geography. It wasn't to be closer to family. It was because you felt that where you were, you couldn't lead the Catholic family life that you felt the Lord was calling you to. And so you decided to move. And that you, there are other benefits, of course, to you know realize along the way, you can get a good job, you can be closer to family, but the driving force, the impetus is to live out your, your vocation. In the context of a Catholic family, I'm not seeing this with individuals nearly as much, or at least I guess maybe I wouldn't see them because they don't have children to enroll in my school, but mm-hmm. it's certainly a phenomenon affecting families. And I think parents of children who might have been inclined to stick it out if it were just them, but when they see their children affected by the circumstances of the culture and all of the, the craziness of the last year, they are ready to embrace relocatio to give their children a shot at a better life. And we used to think of a better life as being kind of a uh, something having to do with, well, how much money are we going to make? How much comfort can we acquire? And now it's, it's really not about that, except insofar as we acquire comfort by living as authentic Catholic Christians. Mm. What are some of the markers, do you think, of this intentional, distinctive Catholic culture, especially one like yours or others that people are attracted to, that they're being drawn to? What are some of the markers of that culture? So I think that the the first marker of it is that it is joyful and it is unencumbered by the stress of the the state or the the, the city that you're in. That's maybe a new aspect of it, but What I'm seeing is that families, they aren't happy. They don't feel joyful. They feel like we should be happy and joyful because we're trying to answer God's call. Mm -hmm. Not that that never comes with suffering, but, you know, at the heart, even when they're suffering, there's a deep joy that is underlying it. Right. There should be if we're doing this right. They weren't feeling that. And they come somewhere where they can feel it. And the feedback and the testimony of the families who participate in relocatio is when they arrive at that place where they can live a Catholic life without the stress of worrying about if they're going to get in trouble or have their school bossed around by Mm -hmm. the the city, or sometimes, frankly, by a, a diocese whose priorities are not maybe in the direction of the families. When they get to that place and they finally do experience, they they just relax. And they say, oh my gosh, I forgot what it was like not to be stressed out all the time about how to live as a Catholic. Yeah. It reminds me of what Dorothy Day always said that Peter Morin taught her about the Catholic worker. Peter would always say, I want to create the kind of society where it's easier for people to be good. And it strikes Mm -hmm. me that you're talking about, we want to create the kind of culture, parish, school, community culture, where it's actually a little bit easier for people to be Catholic fully in an unencumbered way, like you're talking about. There's a joy that comes from that kind of ease, I suppose, like going more in the direction of the stream rather than against the stream all the time. Right. Absolutely. That stream is real, right? It's it's a word for culture in a sense, and there are mm-hmm. different sorts of cultures. Yeah. And you know, depending on where you are, you are either obliged to swim directly against the stream. Maybe you can swim perpendicular, or you know, <laughs> you know, and across some sort of a, a diagonal to the stream. But we thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could create a community that had such a culture that you can simply glide along with the stream and receive Christ's blessings and love, just as kind of a byproduct of being in that culture. The Lord always offers us the cross. So we're, we're not intending to offer some sort of prosperity gospel where mm-hmm. you know it's just going to be hunky-dory. You don't have to work and God's not going to ask anything of you. But we want to give people the headspace so that when God does make that big ask, you can say yes. But if you're, if you're underwater, to extend the metaphor, 
you're just you're just trying to to stay alive. You're just trying to do the things that get you from point A to point B. You're not thinking about point G. And I think now that we have families here who are relaxed, living their life, gliding along with this awesome Catholic culture that we're forming, now they can say yes to the big asks that we know God dreams for them. So Our Lady of the Rosary Church, parish, where you are, the school attached to the parish, how do people come to know of this place in Greenville, South Carolina, as the place that they want to make this big move towards for, like you said at the beginning, what relocatio stands for, primarily for the reason of seeking out of Catholic culture? How did they come to know of your parish and school? Sure. Uh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I mean, next question. Uh, uh, but but yeah, <laughs> let's, let's uh, unpack that a little, yeah. as they say. So this, I think the, the first instances of this were entirely the Holy Spirit because I didn't even know to go looking for it. Hmm. These these people just happened to find us. Our pastor, Father Longenecker, is a, a pretty established Catholic author with a blog presence. And so sometimes people will come across the school in the context of reading his writing. Mm-hmm. And so we, over the last couple of years, we had, we had attracted some people from different states, but this was before the shutdowns. This was before COVID. This was before, I think, a very accelerated secular, uh, aggressive secularism, which is now showing itself in many, in many states and cities. So we had a handful of these families. Once COVID started and people were looking at the reactions of their respective states and deciding whether they were comfortable with those reactions, we started to get more interest. I, I don't know at what point it kind of dawned on me that this was happening, but and this is the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit basically said to me, hey, a thing is happening here. Hmm. We need to acknowledge it and then figure out how we cooperate with this so that it can produce more fruit. So we, we named it. That was step one. L- literally named it. Literally, yeah, step one, because it's Relocatio. very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to market an opportunity that takes 300 words to yeah. express. Yeah. And, you know, marketing, you know, in the context of Catholic schools, I must feel like it's a, it's a dirty word. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to really market ourselves. We want to, we want to extend, you know, an invitation of welcome. Well, you to have people, to attract, but, you have to persuade, yeah. show the sweetness of it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we we started with our own families in the school and basically said, do you know people? Huh. Do you know people other places? One of our families was from Oregon. They contacted some friends, said, go ahead, move, because we moved recently and it's awesome. Mm. And that family did move. Wow. And then that family said, hey, if you're looking for teachers, I know another guy in Oregon who'd be <laughs> a great teacher for your school. And I know he wants to get out too. So I called him and we hired him. He's coming too. Huh. We connected with a family from uh, California, you know, through another mutual connection. Yeah. And uh, this, this just seems like it, it keeps happening. And the neat thing about it is once it starts and people understand that it's, you know, we've named it, they have a way of talking about it. It has a brand, so to speak. They're excited to talk to their friends. Yeah. They're part of a movement. Everyone's in the recruitment business right now. Uh, so the we, whole we parish. The whole parish, yeah, the whole the, school, yeah. Yeah, every, everyone's, they're all calling their friends because the, the, they understand that what we're doing is beautiful. And mm. I, I want to take a, a little bit of a moment longer to talk about why it's beautiful yeah. because you can't just set yourself up as some sort of a, I don't know, an outpost of authentic Catholicism <laughs> simply by fiat, right? It's like, hey, we've deemed it so, and so it is. I mean, that's so presumptuous. But- 
this is what we've we've been pursuing this as a school over the last few years. We shifted our school's mission from being merely a Catholic school mission to being a classical Catholic school mission. Mm-hmm. With that that transition, we really re-embraced the idea of an integrated Catholic education mm-hmm. where you know where Jesus Christ is made present in every discipline at every moment of the day. We have a large family scholarship program that that attracts families with three, four, five, six kids to our school makes Catholic education affordable. Mm -hmm. And these families who are, they're living this beautiful Catholic life in their homes, they are now enriching our school. So, you know, culture is not something that I can simply dream into being because I wrote it in a mission statement and then, you know, sent a couple emails as the headmaster. It really flows out of the families. The family life is the thing that produces the beautiful fruit. And when those families start together and they befriend one another, mm-hmm. at that point, I'm just along for the ride. They're, they're doing their thing. And that is something that I think used to be a hallmark of Catholic schools. There were large Catholic families all over them. You, you couldn't throw an apple without hitting an, a, a Callahan or something. Right? <laughs> and, and every teacher you know, would have one Callahan after the next. Right. And you'd get, you'd get, you know, Mickey Callahan in your class and you'd say, Oh, Mickey, I knew your, your, your three older siblings, you know, that was the way it was. Well, we're having fewer children now. And so the culture of Catholic schools has changed. We don't have those ex- relationships with, with teachers and other families that extend over years and even decades. We're in, we're out, we're popping from one school to the next. We, how do you establish culture when you can't even figure out who your people are? Hmm. So we're doing those things and seeing that we are doing them successfully now by the grace of God, we felt that he was asking us, asking us to roll out the welcome mat. And that's why we were bold enough to say, come join us because we believe we can be a haven. Hmm. The thing that you are craving is a thing that we have and we want to share it. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on Spoke Street Media Network. I'm talking with Tommy Curtin, principal of Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic School in Greenville, South Carolina. We're talking about this phenomenon that Tommy has described as relocatio, the intentional relocation, especially of Catholic families, to intentional Catholic communities precisely for the reasons of participating in that Catholic community. So when we're talking about this relocation, you're talking about, as you were saying, Tommy, people moving from Oregon to South Carolina, from California to South Carolina, moving all the way across the country, obviously, to participate in a vibrant, unencumbered, joyful Catholic community. You've talked a little bit about some of the contributing factors to this movement in this point of time. COVID certainly was an accelerating factor. And I imagine people now having, in some ways, the time to reassess like what's important to them and how they want to spend their time and how they want to settle back into the world such as it is. I'm wondering about, you know, maybe some of the people that might be cautious about this kind of movement or this kind of idea might have some critical comments about it. They may say something like, well, this seems like a bunkering mentality, right? You're going to create this intentional Catholic culture. Isn't that a way of leaving the rest of the world behind? And now it's about the focus on just those who are inside seeking out greater spiritual benefit and a a better kind of life that they want. Is it a shunning of the world? How do you, I'm sure you've heard some of this and this isn't, you know, foreign language to you, 
What are you, some of your thoughts on that or your responses to, to those sort of critiques or questions? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people listening to your podcast are familiar with uh, Rod Dreyer's book, The Benedict Option, mm-hmm. that it kind of put this idea of hunkering down, bunkering down in vogue. And, you know, and it has received, I think, uh, a variety of responses. I think uh, a lot of good conversation has been generated by by his basic question, which is, is it time for us all to just basically create the next generation of Catholic monasteries with our Catholic families? Mm. And I, I understand the criticism, the idea that, you know, well, you're really, it's almost like you're operating from a position of privilege. You're saying, oh, well, we have the ability to separate and hide and be exclusive and be happy together. And so we will. And if, if you don't have that opportunity, well, good luck. Yeah. But I think that, you know, this is, this is an area where people need to consult their consciences and they really need to think about what the Lord is asking from them. You know, I have five children. I know you have, is it six, six children? Yeah. Yes. Just one, um, just a little one-upsmanship, but yeah, we're yes, long time uh, friends. It's fine. The, the, yeah, you know, we're still in the third quarter. <laughs> uh, game, the game is long. <laughs> you know, I, you so are I, older I, than me. <laughs> for now. Yeah. Uh, I speak from the perspective of somebody with children. Yes. I'm thinking about, well, you know, what, what is my responsibility to my kids? Mm-hmm. And I think in, for many people, when they, when they imagine themselves as a single person and what sort of environment God might call them to, what level of suffering or challenge, they might have one answer. You know, and we have, there are martyrs in the church, mm-hmm. right? For a reason. Yeah. And, and they're witnesses when we hold up to our children as an example. But there are fewer martyrs who are the heads of households, at least martyrs by choice. Um, or I should say, um, not that you would choose it by, but, you know, kind of a, an enthusiastic willingness. And that's because I think, you know, somebody who's raising children has a responsibility to raise those children. And like Thomas More, only when there are no other options mm-hmm. to make a choice at the expense of your, your ability to father, you know, to parent your children. So relocatio is really about opening a door to people who might feel like I can't be the Catholic dad or the Catholic mom I want to be for my kids right now because the state simply isn't letting me. There isn't a school where I can offer the proper Catholic education to my children. Even if I wanted to homeschool, there are limitations placed on me either by the state or proximity to other families. It seems to me that we shouldn't consign those people to futility in their parental vocation because we're accusing them of, I don't know, cowardice or Mm -hmm. lack of resolve. Mm -hmm. So we've simply created an option. In the same way that when, you know, Benedict of Nursia. We're talking about Benedict of Nursia now. Yeah, St. Benedict of Nursia, when he built a Monte Cassino, he invited young men to join him. He didn't tell everybody that they had a moral obligation to join him. In fact, they were free to leave up to three times. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was it was a call, yeah. right? And so what we're trying to do is simply announce that we're here uh-huh. so that if families in prayer feel that call, they know where it might be leading them. Yeah. And I can tell you, there are already families who have learned about what we're doing. We actually prayed a novena so that families 
who were discerning this would be able to find us. As par- so, this is a, what, a parish devotion, you were you offered a novena to Our Lady of Good Counsel, correct? Yes, Our yeah. Lady of Good Counsel, with the explicit intention that families who are considering a move to would be find in you. a Catholic community would know that we exist. Yeah. And we, we've had people tell us it was an answer to prayer because they're already praying for it. We're not poaching them. We're not stealing them. Yeah. We're simply receiving them when the time is right. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. So thinking about the the cult of it, let me just kind of like follow along in this line of questions from that might be the more critical questions. When you're thinking about the kind of community culture that you're creating at the parish, especially under your charge at the school, maybe another potential criticism or, or sort of skeptical question would be, well, at some point, isn't there, or maybe even at an early point, won't there be some kind of like self-satisfaction spiritual superiority that creeps in that starts to sort of corrode the community from the inside, right? I think this is, you know, if we look back in church history, you see like St. Augustine preaching against the Donatists who had precisely become this, spiritually Mm -hmm. self-satisfied, right? Right. So how, you know, you you have charge of the school, or at least under the guidance of the pastor, how as as a parish community, as a school community, do you ward off, protect against the self-satisfaction, sense of spiritual superiority, those sort, those kind of things? I think that's a very real concern. I think it's a very real concern in all corners of our society right now mm. because that that self-satisfaction, that moral superiority is, is present not only within the, within the context of religious practice, but it's almost political as well now. Mm. People are taking are feeling morally superior because of their particular political allegiances. And, and this isn't a talk about those, but I think that everyone is battling that sense of, well, my convictions are so absolute that people who don't share those convictions, therefore, they're morally inadequate. Yeah. They're, they're compromised, degraded. So, you know, within the context of our school, I think we have to start by being, you know, people of the gospel, who really understand what Christianity is through the lens of the life that Christ led while he was on earth. And Christ calls us to be joyful witnesses, but he does offer the cross at the end of the day. And I think the way that we stop ourselves from becoming, you know, too uh, conceited is to make sure that we are offering small acts of mortification and penance, taking up our cross daily, right? Having a great Lent, (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, not the best Lent ever, but a, but a good solid right, Lent. Yes. Yeah. Of living my best Lent. <laughs> and, and really, really, you know, Catholicism is wonderful because it, it already has everything. All these devotional practices yeah. are ready for us. We don't have to invent it. We simply have to live our faith as genuinely as possible. Yeah. And we have to combine, you know, the, the theological virtues with, the cardinal virtues of prudence, right? Mm-hmm. And temperance and fortitude and and master ourselves. But then at the end of the day, we know that the first sin is the sin of pride, which means that the first virtue needs to be the virtue of humility. So, you know, everything is gratitude and everything is humility. At your parish, you, you clearly obviously have a, a Catholic school, which you've been instrumental in helping to build up. You took it from just a lower school, added on uh, a high school incrementally. You're almost to the point of having a full high school now. I think next year you'll you'll add on the 12th grade. So you you introduced those students in their freshman year, and now they're, they're juniors. They'll be seniors by next year. I'm wondering, you know, for a community that is going to be one of these very intentional Catholic cultures, a destination of the relocatio, right? Where the 
families intentionally move maybe from across the country to participate in this kind of Catholic community. How important do you think it is to have a school within that community? Is it essential? Is it important but not essential? In some ways, like what are the gifts of of Our Lady of the Rosary School to building up this kind of community? Yes, this is a this is a hard question for me to answer because I you spend all your time I, in the school. <laughs> yeah, I, I run a school, and so I see. Let me say this: I definitely see that there is a a connectivity between the work of a Catholic school and the fulfillment of these goals in the lives of families. We are the place that brings people together with an, uh, enough concentration and frequency that we can really share a life. Yeah. And, and that I think is essential. You have to be sharing a life in, with a degree of intimacy that you can really produce that, that dynamic culture, you know, parish life, I think historically, when I say historically, I'm talking about like, you know, the middle ages as well, <laughs> right? Like all the way back yes. parish life was where, where the magic was made, mm. you know, like you, it starts with the family and then the family has a sacramental life within the parish with other families. Yeah. And, but those, those people were living in the same village. Yeah. Right? It was they a were, center of were, life, a real center always, of life. Yeah. They were neighbors. They were gathering for feast days on a regular basis. In addition to their Sunday obligations, right. we are a little bit more of a diaspora. Now we're all over the place living, you know, in our homes in different neighborhoods, the parish can bring us together, but practically speaking, it's really the school that brings us together. And I think that, whether there's another way of doing it, I don't know. But I will say that I think if we're looking at where this is happening, it's probably happening in places with with schools. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Tommy, where can people find out more about Our Lady of the Rosary Parish School yeah. in Greenville? Well, I mean, if you if you look up Our Lady of the Rosary <laughs> Greenville on any major search engine. So on the internet, is this what you're saying? I, yeah. I, yeah. This, this, uh, <laughs> this thing, the internet that, that comes in handy. Yes. The, the URL is olrschool.net. So okay. they can plug that in or just search us. If you find a parish with a, with a Thomas Curtin or Dwight Longenecker attached to it, Good you chance. found the right, the right place. Good and chance, I, I certainly hope that, you know, in my, my efforts to be, you know, connecting with these families, I hope that this podcast maybe strikes the ears of some of your hearers as an answer to prayer, as as that thing they've been wondering about. And if that's the case, please move forward with confidence that we are a school that will try to discern with you and and make this happen if uh, if it's God's will. Sounds good to me. Well, thank you, Tommy, for spending this time with us. Thank you very much, Lenny. It was my pleasure, and I hope to be back at some point in the future. And if you you enjoyed this podcast episode, you might look up the other interview I did with Tommy a few months ago where we talked even more about the classical education that they're providing at Our Lady of the Rosary School. So check out that episode too. But for now, thanks to all of you for joining us on Church Life Today. Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The Golden Rule. 
When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money, and when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.